Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Catch it. I almost said every new show, about We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, at this point in time, who cares? <laughs> well, I can think of about 10,000 Dr. Shree fans who care a lot. Apparently, Ascension Press accidentally put me and Dave's episode in the wrong uh, folder. <laughs> and for all the people downloading his show, our yeah, show guys, went out. And they're like, what's Mr. Gojin? Who are these two guys? What? This isn't what I wanted at all. At all. <laughs> Nowhere near close. <laughs> I mean, it's not even in the ballpark. No, it it's is It's at not. a different conference at a stadium that's like at a, at a minor league stadium because the other stadium isn't capable of working. <laughs> Just kidding. You guys are good. You guys are very good. I, I like every knee shall bow. Every knee shall bow. Do you ever like accidentally switch into catching foxes mode when you're doing every knee shall bow and say things you're like, whoopsie? Really what you're saying is, have I ever accidentally said things that I deeply regret solely for the sake of jokes? And the answer is yes. And they edit them out. <laughs> <laughs> good job, Marissa. And find people over at ever at Ascension Press. Our podcast is for sale. <laughs> is it i mean yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> Very who's much a minute so. of social media <laughs> yeah. dude how have you been man oh terrible but you know i'm hanging in there can i ask you a question that we did not discuss beforehand and you might not want to answer let's do it just because i don't know the answer mm-hmm. are you still doing the the course the non-profit course thing or the non-profit not right now no i actually need to get back to one of our listeners about that sorry i would like to it's just it, with I had to search for, you know, I'm on the old job hunt and grad school and other things. It's just, I can't make it a priority right now. What is the job hunt like for you right now? As someone who you have work experience, mm-hmm. you're, you're getting a master's from one of, if not the greatest Catholic university in the universe, mm-hmm. I checked, it includes Mars. Take your better than Martians. <laughs> what 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 is it like what is it like horrible but also like it's like really high highs very low lows and dull periods so i've been using a resource that i would love to have her on on the show and she actually agreed to we just have to come up with with the topic and then i never got back to her in true catching foxes style noel gross has like a career strategy thing that i've been using that's been wonderful yeah Yeah, it's really it's really really good i really recommend that anyone if if, uh, you are going for a job check that out it hurt it is Noel Gross Job Accelerator. It is excellent. Just type just, just type her name N O E L L E G R O S S into the old Google and you will find it. You know what's funny is I helped her. I advised her years and years ago on website stuff. Way when she was just beginning. Nice. And now she's chasing that paper. She's making that money. It's great. It's 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 very practical. It's very very good. So yeah, it's um slow it you know it, it's not going as fast as i would like but i have a steady flow of interviews Just had a third round for one that i'm waiting to hear back on we'll see what happens with that and mm. other things that i am interviewing for just had an interview this afternoon that went very well so it's one of those things where it's like you're just in this state of dread until you're not and then until you go back to not. it and then you're not and then you, and then you just repeat so I, it's it's horrible but it's very encouraging because i'm getting a lot of interviews and it's it's i every as I've been advancing, everything I've interviewed for, I've, I've only had one offer. I, I, I did have, I did have to turn that down. Oh, so just because the pay was, it was just a really huge cut. I just couldn't do it. Yeah. So, which is just, it's, it's an unfortunate reality. But like, you know, I mean, the job I just interviewed. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> so uh, 
<laughs> Luke's filter kicked in. Yeah. So it's like, well, that's 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 why I said no to this other job. Mm. So yeah, it's it's you know it's it's very hard. It's a really I mean anyone who's going through a job search, if you have never been through, if you have a friend who is by the McKeish, pick him a meal. I my mom and my sisters have been an incredible source of support, as have uh, you and our friends and other people who have reached out. It's 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 good. It's just it's it's hard. You know, it's just it, it's a it's a grind. But I'm seeing results, so I'm happy. With, you know, I'm, I'm not where I want to be yet, but I'm I'm clearly on the road to it. So that's that's actually like. Like that's super encouraging. Yeah. Yeah. Would you, yeah. And, and part of your hesitancies is leaving Everly, right? So you, you, you have to somehow do remote or. Yeah. I'm, it's either remote or it's in Dayton. Yeah. So what, what do you think about Cincinnati? Is that too far? Practically speaking, there's a, there's ways I could make it work, but I would just have a decent commute so I could live. Cause it's like an hour, right? Yeah, it's a solid hour. I mean, if yeah. on a on a very, I have made it from my part of Dayton, my exact part to downtown Cincinnati. Am I going to be scared by this answer? <laughs> in fifty minutes, I was going pretty fast. Yeah, that's as quick as it can, and that was like yeah. just everything was clear. Just okay, you know, it was just bam, and I was there. But there's just no way to get it. it it's one of those things where I wish we had. I wish we had a light rail that just went from Dayton yeah. down to Cincinnati. I think it would. Oh yeah, it just it it's just there's like a, it's weird because there's about a twenty a solid twenty minutes that it's like oh that's right there's nothing here okay <laughs> <laughs> like there's just nothing so so basically you just go on to seventy five straight through so I mean it's possible but it's not very likely would be the wrong word just uh. I would, I would want, I would really prefer to keep my commute under 20 minutes. You know, we've talked about this before, about how there's been studies that have shown that basically yeah. if you can, if you were, if you have a long commute and cut your commute to under 20 minutes, it's the equivalent of a $40,000 raise just for your mental health. Yeah. So yeah, they say every 10 minutes over, I think the, the number is 12 minutes from home equals, oh man, what is every 10 minutes over 12 minutes? decreases your quality of life by x percent yeah now some people some people love i I knew a guy traveled an hour and a half every day to work so three hours in the car and i said why the hell would you do that he said i'm in my 20s and i don't have any kids (laughs) yeah no this guy had a bunch of kids and he was in his late 40s i'm like why would you do that And he said i leave for home at like 5 30 in the morning or i leave for work at 5 30 in the morning and as i drive i listen to Tons of podcasts. I mm-hmm. listen to That's things fair. that I yeah. love. Audiobooks. He listened to Catching Foxes a whole bunch of times. And he said, and then I get to work and I work and I'm usually there for about an hour before anyone else gets there. Then on my way home, I shuffle all of my calls from the road. So as I'm driving, I'm still working, mm-hmm. but I'm working from home and I'm able to get done, you know, because his calls are touch points with customers as follow up, not. Like I, I need to write a bunch of crap down. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah, maintaining yeah. lines of communication. I was like, okay, I can see that. Mm-hmm. I can see that. I mean, I could, I could see if you have a self-driving car and you're like, <laughs> I don't have, need to pay attention. Which and you're I in the backseat with not your the feet case up. With self-driving cars. There's some <laughs> things with some of uh, yeah. the Teslas, which is, I'm just, man, can we just get that? I, I just really want a self-driving car. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, I man. Just, I'm scared. No, I'm not. I mean, if, if they figure it out, I think, cause I think <laughs> the issue is the battery, or, but something with the control too. So, yeah. Like, you know, I've, 
I, I, I just, I want one so badly. Give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. <laughs> yeah. But no, I, I would, I mean, I think, you know, you, I have said it before and I've said it plenty of times in a drunken ramble. I think Cincinnati is the greatest city in the world. Yeah. You love Cincinnati and I could feel it when you guys live there and you lived like three blocks or three blocks, uh, three units down from like a place that terrified me just driving in front of it uh <laughs> oh yeah that, that place was <laughs> that was <laughs> woo <laughs> particularly in the beginning like yeah. once a, i'm not kidding once <laughs> a week so it was this apartment complex i guess you could call it that yeah just, it was just a um row of apartments all joined in one building all there was not it was not a double it was just one story but they were pretty tall it was it was old it was old so it had like a really and had a really old feel to it and it looked cool but Every week, there would be a cop car stopped in front with a light somewhere on the building. Like one time, massive floodlights on the side of the building. Mm. That was insane. And mm. so, but that area is so it's if you take a look at your old playing cards, you'll see uh, the bulk of people's for the bicycle playing cards. There's a clock tower on there that was maybe half a mile from our, our place, a oh, quarter cool. to half a mile. So it's <laughs> it's in an, an area of of Cincinnati called Nor- Norwood. Nor Norwood up to no good, right by. One of the reasons for us why it was great was we were right by Oakley, which is like the hip place in Cincinnati, besides over the Rhine, which is where we saw the person doing the weird thing with the whip and the the fire. That's like the really hip part where all the twenty three year olds go at about ten o'clock at night. Yeah, and then uh, all like all your rich parents are there till about ten or ten thirty. Then it's taken over by their kids at ten o'clock, and I'm like, okay, no, thank you. <laughs> yeah, so ooh, I because if, if I were to move to Cincinnati, I would want to be as close to, to downtown as I could. Yeah. So, but um, yeah, so you know, I mean, I can move to like Westchester, which is about a half hour away. It's just everybody's daycares up here. I want to be. Um, yeah. And when you're doing, I mean, I think everyone knows that I am now divorced. <laughs> <laughs> Not only did you make that noise, but you made it in the Peter Griffin voice. That was the beautiful <laughs> thing. You know, so we co-parent. We do. I'm I'm fifty fifty, yeah. and a lot of the research I've seen this says for that I'm advocating for people to, to get divorced, or you know, but it can not be extremely detrimental if you co-parent and follow a lot of specific oh, rules, yeah. which we do. We, we I mean, we watch part of. I, I helped out with with Everly during the Super Bowl. We will get to that. That was wonderful. Usher, yeah, yeah, holy crap! <laughs> Older millennials activate as soon as that song starts. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, it's coming. I have to move. Uh, I'm moving from side to side. This is my safe space. <laughs> You're going to stay right here. Yeah, this is you, you all yeah, day that, long. I did that. Yeah, I was like, it just, oh, yeah. it just started happening. I was like, here we go. Yeah. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Oh, man. Oh, my gosh. It was so wonderful. Did the booty go slap? Nah, yeah. we'll get into it later. <laughs> it, was, it was funny how, like, all of a sudden, uh, now we're still we're still talking about it. But I, I saw this one tweet that said every old, like every older millennial knows every word to Ludacris's rap, <laughs> and I was like, I do, <laughs> I do. And I was I was singing it to to Everly while going mm-hmm, during certain parts. Um, <laughs> and she loved it. Okay, so anyways, uh, but I, it's it's best if you're within a 15 minute drive. Okay, so that's and I will really want to stick to that. And so and if we stay particularly, like, so you know. Her primary school would be her prim- her primary residence is is in Oakwood where where I grew up and so if I don't know if she's going to go to public or to private school right now I'm leaning more towards private school but if she were to right. go to Oakwood Public High School they have an hour off for lunch mm. and so presuming that's that was the case tw- it's been, I I would I don't see that changing anytime soon 
Yeah. So I would want to be nearby to where when she's older, like in high school, if she wants to go to my house or to Aaron's for lunch, she can go and do that. Yeah. So I, I would prefer to, I would prefer to be where she can just like bike over one house or the other. So she feels like she has two homes. Yeah. In the best way possible. As as good as I, I'm not saying, I understand, you know, but like just trying to make, trying to make the best of it. Dude, you don't know an explanation that nobody, you do you buddy. I know it's, it's, it's it's very weird to like, it's a very, I, I, I really hate bringing it up to people because I just feel like it's just like, you feel judged or do you feel like it's a delicate issue altogether or. Judged, guilt, you just don't want to shame deal with the whole thing. Yeah, I think it's more shame than any than anything else. It's just gotcha because, like, I don't think anyone has a reaction where it's like, "Oh, cool." Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, you got you know, divorced. That's awesome. Nice. <laughs> um, it's it's you know it's one that typically either just they don't know what to do, so they don't say anything, which is like the worst for someone from Ohio to feel like you just told a person they don't know how to respond to. It's like I'm so sorry. Yeah. Or it's just like, or it's some type of um, sympathy, which which is like I that's nice, and I, I and I appreciate yeah. that. It's yeah, it's, it's definitely a, it's a weird thing to try to um, navigate. Yeah, you know. So, but I think you're doing it well, man. Thank you. I'm I'm trying to. Yeah. When are you coming to Houston to just hang out with me? You, you know, I don't know. We gotta we gotta figure that out soon. When are you gonna When are you gonna come here? Because we could just hang out and watch movies all day, and. Not do a thing. Not what do if I want thing. to do a thing? What if I want to though? I mean, we we could, we could. You know, what or, if I want to find the whip and fire eater? Oh man, that was so cool. What was that place called on the Rhine? Was that on the? Rhine? It was in over the Rhine. Over so, the Rhine. So, yeah, we were around eating. the Rhine, near the Rhine, <laughs> Rhine-ish, <laughs> Rhineland. We were eating at a place called a-, a Tivolia, which is one of my favorite places to go and eat. Having one of their delightful bacon, not bacon Danish. That doesn't make any sense. Dates, dates. Dates. Would you work at a let's just say Catholic nonprofit that specializes in taking in large donor money in order to produce Catholic curriculum that are then sent to parishes for free or for the price of shipping? Maybe also as like free books for Lenten. I probably yeah. I mean, I I know on here I blatantly said no more Catholic stuff, but I think it it would really depend like on dynamic Catholic. no i mean listen one of my good buddies is there so like i know they've tried to change some some stuff and so god bless them they're trying to do god bless them yes yeah truly just you know i'm you know i I have there are there are there are no more bones to pick just prayers to be to be said what a lovely way to put that luke Mm -hmm. speaking of which we'd like to thank (laughs) <laughs> Stupidville conferences yeah, stupidvilleconference.com yeah. you can find out more insert dynamic ad here Ba-da-ba. why don't we just do an ad read right right now for them i'm scared no but let's do it don't be let's like so listen don't be baby Luke's got you. i got you baby girl if there's anyone here who loves Stubenville, it's us in a non-weird way yeah you and know, even a little weird way yeah we're as cool as you can be and be from franciscan so just let that be a thing again for yeah listen you, you all know who you, who you are and if um all like a bunch of you now have kids who are entering high school which is insane and they i'm looking at you with shame when you started to dance to usher and i really want to encourage you to bring your kids to the conferences particularly yeah. if you can i think there's something really special it's great when you have a youth minister who takes them there's something really special about when it's a parent who was organizing that yeah it's uh, something about that witness that just it's a real work of mercy 
And so I really want to encourage you if you have a, if you have a high school kid, or someone's about to enter into high schools and high school right now, go to these go to these conferences. Let me tell you how much of my life is wrapped up in these conferences. <laughs> Are you ready? Go. Okay, so I met our buddy Adam my at my last at the last conference I attended as an attendee. I met Adam who I was the best man in his wedding. Someone named Bob Lesneski gave a talk that really helped me. I was in a very kind of weird spot about, is this real or not? And I heard two talks, one from Bob and the other at the Cornerstone Christian Rock Vessel from the, from the elite singer of MXPX, mm-hmm. who later deconstructed. But it really like kind of like helped, me go, like helped me go, okay, like this is worth it. This is good right. to keep going. During that same weekend, a person by the name of Jen Drizaldi got up and spoke to everyone and said, hey, you should apply to, to school here. And I did. So in one weekend, I met Adam, Jen Rizaldi, and heard Balasneski, and my life was forever changed. That's when I decided to apply to go to this to the school. I met you two months after that. Hi, I it, and I mean that's that's just beyond that's the fascinating. Fact that my parents two met months at a before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So my my Steubenville story is I went to a conference because there were parents that wanted to take. We didn't really have a youth group. Parents wanted to take. And so they got a group of parents together. They rented some vans and carpooled and we all went out and it was awesome. It was game changer. And that's where like, honestly, like moral growth in my life became like a priority. Like beforehand, it was just, you know, like not sin, but there was no understanding of what does it mean to be a good person and Ben Walther and any Hickman and, one other household brother I can't think of right now. They were they were the MCs and musicians and speakers and young apostle captains, and they were all there, and they became you know mentors and friends and stuff like that over the years. And they're all in our household as well. And so yeah, that was a game changer for me. I went I would go to three of them as a high school student. The other two was with our full youth group, and then now I speak at the conferences. So I'll be at yeah. two of them this year: Rochester. Oh, where's the other one? Gosh, why am I blanking right now? Of course, I don't have my calendar. Because you're not but, yeah, True, I did just come from a meeting at a coffee shop. That's why I'm dressed like this. This is Michael Gormley is a businessman. I have a button-up shirt. But yeah, so the conferences are awesome. And I've taken literally probably now like 1,500 teens I've taken to the Sumo Good for you. as a youth minister. Do you remember and when we took to- them when I uh, when you took them and I was there with David and there was that song that Jim Walkenfuss sang that I wrote for She Who Shall Not Be Named oh, and I was like this is right. so sad and I was like I know I feel things afternoon entertainment that's right Do you remember that and yes be, yeah. I remember because me and Shannon were broken up oh what a dark time that was such a dark time, what a dark time. and <laughs> you were the only thing that kept me sane that whole time and then when it was like she was bringing teens too and you were oh my gosh yes. what a why why is everything in our life so dramatic it might have something to do with us. No, it's the circumstances. They just follow. Do you remember when stuff was really I don't want no drama. <laughs> do you remember when stuff was really bad with uh with Wait, the, let's finish the ad read. Yeah, sorry, let's go, finish. Go, 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 go. Yes. So youth conference, I'm there bawling my eyes out. And then when it came time to oh, interact and with you're the like, teens. And these kids like, what's wrong with this guy? Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, oh, you know, uh, the love of his life won't take him back after he broke up with her the sixth time. Weird, I know. Uh <laughs> So anywho, that that was that was at a youth conference, and then it was driving home from that. You weren't there because you were with uh, David Us, 
Mm-hmm. But I just put my hood up on my AMD G hoodie and pulled the strings down. Oh, that's like that's, to sleep. that's dark Gomer. Right and that is, I've seen cried that game for six hours on the ride home from Louisiana. <laughs> I, um, and then a month later, you. me you and Shannon, uh, yeah, I, I was like, I'm done yeah. with Houston. I'm going back to Franciscan to get my grad degree. Yeah. And then I talked to Shannon and she said, you know, Mike, I uh, just wanted you to know. I just figured, you know what, Houston's your place. I'm done with Houston. I've already applied. I'm going back to Francisco to get my master's. And then we were assigned the houses right next to each other. But by that time, we were back together. So Sumville Conferences, sumvilleconferences.com. There's like dozens of locations all over the country. Go to Sumville Conferences, find out, and you can find the one closest to you. And and maybe you'll find the love of your life. There are four ones that are, this one's supposed to be for the youth um, conferences. There are four of them. Across the country, I believe. No, no, no. Locations. This is the adult. There are four of them on campus. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Anyways, you. yeah. The, anyways, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm totally fine going a bit long with this ad because they are so important yeah, to they're us. Hard. It, 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 I just, it's, it is impossible for us to not talk to talk about this and for it not to be personal. Yeah. Because it, it's such a, I, I, I truly cannot imagine my life without them. You know, yeah. like two of our like that weekend, that my last one that I attended, it was June of 2000, late June of 2001. I mean, I met Adam and our buddy John, his older sister, you know, yeah. Jen, two people who were like hugely influential. Like it just, I just, yeah. it, it just, it's, yeah. it's great. And so I, the, I think their speakers are fantastic. The environment's great. And there's a reason why they've been going so strong now for like four or five decades. So yeah. com. go to their website, sign up, people go. It is yeah. truly, truly life changing. Yeah, and if you're a parent of, of a high school student and your youth group's not going, that's fine. You go. My kids have been near it, mm-hmm. and my daughter is counting down the days when I can take her, and I can't wait to take her, to be honest. And I just think it would be such a blast. Some conferences develop like this whole life of their own, like Steubenville Mid-America, Mid-America 1 and 2. They have two conferences because so many people go to it. It's organized in, even though it's actually in Springfield, missouri it's organized by the archdiocese of st louis in uh, together with franciscan and it Zara. is it but it is just like it's a part of the ethos of catholicism in st louis and when you mm. go there now I'm, mm. I'm obviously i'm different i'm a speaker and i'm interacting with the people like brian in the youth office and all this stuff and they're just no eye contact people <laughs> they're just amazing people <laughs> yeah and you yeah. get to know them on a personal level and you're like oh man you're the reason why this conference is so fun to be Agreed. a part of. So anyway. it's a real outpour. Like going, we talked last week a bit about St. Bernard of Clairvaux. That's where the conferences are. They're an overflow of the, of the life of the Holy spirit and, and of the church and from the deep, the deep faith of the people involved in their love of Christ and of, and of others. So yeah, I'm, I love yeah. them. Like yeah, me too. Yeah. So usher. How great was that? How great? How yeah. I, as soon as I like when they had Lil John and he was like it with yeah. he was like with the crowd, which was just so cool, like sitting up. I got up and I just started to dance. And then <laughs> and then Everly was dancing the whole time. And then she started to dance to dance with me. And then as soon as Ludacris came out, I was like just rapping the whole thing. <laughs> and I'm just like, man, I'm just I, I my my heart needs healing. <laughs> Healing and only Ursher has the sound to make the booty yeah. go smack. What what is it? There's just, there's just like something about things like that. And this happened with like fast fast car. Like, isn't it so interesting that like 
so many people had a reaction to when Fast Car was played at the Grammys. They they cried. Yeah, like I did. I cried like three times. I was in a really emotional place, but like <laughs> I was in a dark emotional place. But like, see what, the entire episode so far. Go yeah, on. <laughs> what? Yeah. What is it about that stuff where it's somehow it like like why is a music able to elicit that type of response? I think because my favorite answer. Obviously, I don't know every answer, but I pretend. But my favorite answer is music hits the pre-rational areas of our lives. So when you experience something for the first time, it's obviously something like a big deal. When when it's when music is associated with an event or a memory or a feeling, like a profound moment of that feeling, then you can attach yourself to that song in a unique way that when you hear that years later, it pulls you right back to that event. And yeah, it's so fascinating when you hear when I heard, you know, when Yeah started coming on, because obviously mm-hmm. that wasn't going to be the first song. You know, like, number one, you know a song is a successful pop song when the youngest people in the room and the oldest people in the room, because we had probably like 32 people in my house yesterday for the Super Bowl. 24 of them were children. That immediately, like, everyone's like, yeah! Like, where everyone, <laughs> like, all the little kids are dancing. Like, there's one little two-year-old shaking her booty. It was the most precious thing in the world. So we all like it it was just the funniest thing. Right. And so there's something about the the pop hook that 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 brings you in. But like those cream of the crop pop songs, you know, the one percent of the one percent. Yeah. Like Like that. That was I I said to the kids, this was college to me. This song in a certain way reflects kind of like our friend Adam was talking about. What's his name? Who just died? The country artist guy. Toby Keith or whatever. Yeah. Toby. Yeah. He died, uh, and I don't know. Yeah, but like Adam used to play his songs in the bar that we in the Cross Creek that we always went to. Uh, you know, like when we would go to what was that club called, the Matrix in in the Pittsburgh area, <laughs> Club yeah. Matrix. That was a cool club. It's a cool idea. They had like an eighties room, a pop room, and a hip. I never went room. there. Oh, okay. So that was just a me and Adam thing. Okay, so uh, yeah, like the experience of it was so funny because like if you just walk by either the pop or the rap room. It is, you will hear, yeah, right? <laughs> You'll hear it exactly. like three times that night. And it was just one of the songs that got all the feet on the dance floor. It, it, there was a song that Lil John was, was that he was, that he did right before he went into Yacht. I can't remember what it was. And I was like, that's right, this song. And I just was like, I love this song. And it reminds me of being <laughs> at Jagging Around and just like Jagging Around and just I went dancing. There four times. And just, oh my gosh, there's, there's something about that that I think, you know, have you watched the fast car performance of no. the Grammys? It's truly moving. Yeah. Like, so people were saying that they didn't think that they didn't know that Tracy Chapman was going to be the one performing that, which doesn't make sense because I heard she was going to be doing it. So, oh yeah. But apparently it was somewhat of a surprise for a lot of people. And she has not perfe- performed live in like five years. Hasn't performed. Like it's, she's kind of just, you know, mm. she just does her own thing, right? She's a folk yeah. um, legend. Yeah. And it is a heart wrenching. Oh, oh. Like it's a true like okay. Well, let me try to paint the picture of when she comes out with that song in 1988. So think about what's popular in 88. In was yeah, fast, not 98. No, 88. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy how oh. out of the blue that is. Okay, like, she's a like she's a true artist in every oh, sense yeah. of the word, and so and, and no one doubts that. That's a great thing about someone like her. Exactly, like her, voice is, her voice is so perfect. I don't even know how to describe it for that 
Oh, yeah. It's just okay. cheap, perfectly. Well, it's this perfect blend of like the of the words of the guitar and her and her vocals and what she's trying to convey. They all are saying the same thing, but in harmony. Yeah. And not quite at um, different times, but it's, so they're all like working off and with together, expressing the same thing, which is I think it's about profound hope and profound desperation. Ugh. Like. It's yeah, this no it's this very uniquely American thing. It's not that, not that hope is an American thing, but this idea right. of like things are really bad, but I know they're going to get better. Mm-hmm. It's just this, it's this mm-hmm. thing that's just kind of a part of us, and it's a very Christian. It's a very Christian thing, actually, and and people don't realize that because mm-hmm. the ancient world was characterized by cyclicalness, which leads to you know we've been here, we've done that, everything old is new again. Everything new is, is, or everything, mm-hmm. yeah, everything yeah. Old is new. Okay, I wouldn't say that. There is nothing new under the sun. That's an Old Testament view. The Old Testament tends to have a more linear view, but the ancient world, I mean, was dominated by a circular view of nature that, like, all that we have will one day collapse into nothingness, and then it'll, we've been here before, and we'll be here again. And for Christianity to come, one, it gives us the apocalypse. It gives us an end times point of reference that where things outside of times all shall be made well right Hmm. and then so Mm -hmm. that affects Mm -hmm. how you live in time so you live with hope right you have this patient endurance and you trust that things one day maybe i won't see it on in my country this notion of perfect justice or whatever but there is a thing called perfect justice and one day it shall be made real that changes the way you act in this world and that's why christians were willing to die for what they believed in. Mm-hmm. And then, so I, I don't know if you remember that scene in Godfather part two, yes, where they're down in Cuba mm-hmm. and what's his name says, uh, cause they're trying to talk about investing in Havana and it's before the Cuban revolution. Roth, and he says, guy. yeah, but yeah. He, he's talking to, I can't remember who he's talking to. Michael Corleone says, you know, I saw something today. I saw oh, a man get in a fight with the police and he it, dove Michael in. Corleone, he's, he's telling this to Hyman Roth. Yeah. And he says he yeah. dove in with a grenade and he killed himself and the two police officers and the basic he's like that's not and the guy's like yeah they're fanatics and he's like that's not fanaticism that's true belief or that's not gangsters that's fanaticism, or whatever the phrase yeah 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 yeah, yeah. but he's trying to show you like there's a that's That's a danger that's that's not a thing to just like that's not a big deal that is yeah yeah yeah. that's something fundamental that's an ideology that possesses people and so what marx had done going from the quasi-christian philosophy of hegel he took that Christian hope. I mean, he explicitly did this. He took the Hegelian Christian hope, optimism towards the future, the, which is the progress behind progressives that progressives it's for the last 200 years have pretended does not have Christian understandings. And he made it purely secular, right? Because he took Hegel, which is you have a thesis, then you have an antithesis, an antithesis, and then they smash and war, and then you get a new synthesis that's better than what a thesis or antithesis has. And ultimately, you will get each stage will lead us to the proletarian revolution where finally everything will be perfect. So they made hope something scientific and natural, right? And so it's like, yeah, but it's still Christian because there's mm-hmm. no ultimate – like Hegelianism is is nice and fine for certain things. But like it's not real. It doesn't attach to reality outside of the God of the universe that knows you, loves you, and is directing history. Once well, you get I, rid of that, then progress and hope become weird. And that's, I think it's super interesting. That last part about God being active in history is where that 
idea of like, I know things can even be better right now. Even if they're this bad, I know they can be okay right now. Yeah. Because we, this idea of God being alive and being active, even when things are horrible, God still being with you as you go through, as you go through the fires, a very Christian ideal. And I think yep. that's what that song it is rooted. I'm not, I'm not trying to argue she's coming from a Judeo. Well, no, I am arguing she's coming from a Judeo Christian worldview. She may not classify it as that, but like yeah. it's, it's, it comes out of that. That's, it's, it's a very yeah. American thing. This idea of like it, <laughs> this is the bad thing, but that on steroids or that blade out poorly becomes a thing like manifest destiny. Yeah. I am, I'm destined to do these great, these great things. We're destined to be the city on a hill, which is necessarily a bad thing. Manifest destiny is kind of a bad thing, but you know, it's <laughs> kind of, it absolutely is. I think that's one of the reasons why, I mean, like, it's just funny, like the amount of people that said this hit me so deeply, they were conservative, they were liberal, they were uh, whatever. And I think there's something, I think there's also one of the, so there's just, the, there's the profoundness of that song and of the performance, which like, I was kind of annoyed that Luke Combs was there. I'm like, yeah, the way, no one cares about you. Like, but and he's, he owned that too. Yeah. I, and he, I could see that of like, like, this, and so I understand why, like, it's happening because he covered her song, but you could, it just, it was so interesting to see, like, man, she really has a distinct thing that's just not even, yeah. It's like, this is just pop country. Yeah. Doing it like, but it, the joy and the hope that, that, that came out of that song, I think, I, I think one thing that a lot of us have to admit is that I just don't think we're out of COVID in the sense of like, oh, we're yeah. still, we're trying to reckon with what that did to us and not to get into the, the vaccines or any of the arguments about any of that stuff, just the experience of the whole thing of the isolation and of the arguing and of the uncertainty of that. And just, you know, we went pretty much two solid years of that and that does stuff to, to people and what our internet use has done to us over the past 20, 20 years, we are reconciling with all of these these things. And I don't think it's a coincidence it happened from the same time the whole like Elmo thing happened on Twitter. But like you know, did you hear about that when Elmo asked how everyone's doing everyone's like I'm not oh, I'm yeah. not good. Not, not well just like predictable. It's kind of how, what Twitter is now. Yeah. People just saying not good. But there's something going on like we are not okay. Nope. And there are direct reasons for that. And I think the more we're able to acknowledge the fact that like, we're going to, it's going to take the rest of the, we're not like, it's not going to be how it was in 2019 till 2029. Yeah. I, I read an article in the New Yorker yesterday on my flight home. And this guy was a school teacher for 20 years, 15 years. I think it was like 15 years. And he said the last 10 years, general understanding of how to read like good reading, reading comprehension has been pretty terrible and it's getting worse. He said, but college students today do not know how to read. Mm -hmm. And he was describing, he's like, usually I could assume that they know how to read for about 30 minutes. Break, and he's just talking about novels. Break down the plot. Break, what happened in the last three chapters? That was my required reading. Break down the plot. This is the setting. These are the people. This is how the character advanced. This is what happened to the plot, you know, how the plot advanced, whatever. And he said they have no ability to understand how to comprehend when they read. They just, words go in their head. Mm -hmm. And if they've done it at all, he said, this is not a thing that I have ever seen. And I've talked to older professors in my same department and they say the same thing. This is the worst we have ever seen. And 
he he attributes it to three things the first one being smartphones he's like smartphone has ruined the endurance of reading he's like i'm a professional reader i read for hours a day he's like before the smartphone when i was in college i used to crush three hours of reading four hours of reading and he said now it's hard for me to do an hour of of concentrated reading he's like so i'm not faulting anyone with that it's just reality with these things and then i can't remember what the second one was but uh, oh it was teaching to the test and then no child left behind and then all the things that obama added to it and all the things that you know have have like continued he said now you have the option of teach students to learn and be creative or teach them to the test so that you can have a job next year and he's like that has caused people to read a paragraph and mark these multiple choice questions and he's like that's what's killing us and then the last thing he said was covid and he's like people need to understand that until the entire generation of kids that were switched shockingly overnight sometimes multiple times even when they made it back to campus back to online learning he's like until those kids matriculate through the full system we will not see the end of COVID in the education system. He's like, this is this is like a 15-year problem. Yeah. And I, I, I don't see how you – that has to apply to, like, just a, a normal adult. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it has to. Like, Yeah. I, I mean, Gomer, those two years are a blank for me. Mm. It really is. Like, it, and it, that's it, when your daughter was born. Yeah. Like, you had to be triple quarantined more than anyone else because you wanted mm-hmm. to be there when she was born. Yeah, I remember I'm listening to that episode, uh, and I, I like it was just so funny because I, I I'm listening to it a couple uh, months ago and I forgot I forgot that part that like yeah. we were actually had to be careful because we wanted to make sure that like there were no complications due to COVID or the or the threat yeah. of complications and you think about all of the racial unrest that was happening during that time period and then just the infighting that like it it reminded me a little bit of. I got you know I'm not a big comic book guy, but one of the few comic books I've actually read has was Marvel's um Civil War, yeah, and it kind of reminded me a bit of like oh wow all these different people are on all of these different sides. And I know it it eventually like became more ideological, but it was weird seeing how, how things started to play out after a period of time. Yeah, some people that were I thought would be more conservative were a bit or a bit more liberal about it. Some people who were, it was just kind of all yeah. over the map. Yeah, and it that. The the arguing between families and you know just be between friends and yeah you know I'm I um I just I think it's we're just I'm tr- that's one of the things that's really helped me kind of we talked before about wanting to um how do you put it like let go of the bitterness and just pray for people yeah let been- go of the anger let do- let go of the dead weight blah, 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 blah. <laughs> that's a deep project project eighty six cut like. I don't know. I I, I um I'm um still trying to read the brothers' karmas off right now. And I was reading one part last night where where uh, this woman's talking to the holy guy or whatever, and he's she's like, "How do I like deal with like this uncertainty? That it's like is God real or how, like I, I want to do all this? Like she, you could tell she had all of this intention, but she's concerned with like is this true? Is this real? And he's like, the only way you will know is if you profoundly love. Yeah. And I was like, man, that's like. The only way I see through a lot of this stuff is to continue to be for the other, you know, and just allow the Lord to reveal himself and um, and to heal us because we can't do it on our own. So. I don't know. There's there's something profoundly like. We're just there's a profound woundedness to all of us right now. That. 
I just don't see a way out of it for a while. Yeah. We human beings have a remarkable ability to hurt ourselves. Right? Like to frush, to antagonize our own desire for happiness. Mm-hmm. And to be blind to our our very actions while we do that. Isn't that amazing? Mm-hmm. I, I find that to be so shockingly amazing that we we hurt ourselves, we're blind to it, and then we get defensive to protect it in order to protect our ego. And when people tell us, like, this is wrong, stop doing this, you're hurting yourself, you're hurting the people you love, blah, blah, blah. And then I just sit there and I look at my life. Like, So today uh, I walked down the stairs into the, into the kitchen around 11.30 and I was going to start making lunch. And I saw my wife down there and I open up the refrigerator and I see all this food left over from our Super Bowl party. And I, I, I laughed to myself because I didn't break my diet at all. And I looked at when I walked down for the Super Bowl the night before, same kind of walkway in, uh, all the guests were coming over and they're putting their food and the desserts and treats and stuff out for the kids. And there was a thing of like the, those cookies, they're, they're basically the sandwich cookies, right? They look like Oreos or whatever, right? There's the chocolate ones and the vanilla ones. And, and there's a giant salad bowl filled with it. And I said, I'm, <laughs> I said this last night, I want to tell you the truth, guys. Right now, if I were to walk over to that bowl, and grab a gallon of milk and just pour the milk on all of those cookies. I could walk into the garage for the next hour and I could eat at least half of those. <laughs> right? I mean, like at least yeah. half of them. And I, I've been reflecting on this because one of my things is like I, the the shame and the guilt and the lies and the weirdo stuff that goes on in my head about my weight and like the weight gain and the food obsession and all this stuff. It hurts me i like i I like refuse to acknowledge how much it was hurting me and then all of a sudden you wake up and you're like oh my gosh i am i am one step away from requesting like i have maxed out the seat in the airplane seat belt size i'm one step away from getting an extender and i'm like okay i don't have an ailment i don't have a thing that causes like there's not so then you start but then i so then today i walked down i saw my wife when i was making lunch and I said, you know what, honey, I'm so happy that I didn't eat anything that I wasn't supposed to, that I would have, uh, not that I wasn't supposed to like, oh, there's a diet here, but that I knew that if I had one, I would have 15 of those cookies. I would have eaten, I know for a fact, I would have eaten 15 of those cookies if I had one, if I had a bite. And I kept, there was, there was about three moments where I had a war in my head, which was, you can just have one. It's the Super Bowl, man. It's the Super Bowl. I was like, no. And I'd have to, pr- I'd literally have to pray because a cookie overwhelmed me. And so I would grab, and then I would just get, I made myself a cup of coffee, right? Maybe I put a little extra milk in and froth it, you know, nice and frothy, a little treat. That's a, little, a treat for my, uh, little, oh, something, something. Yeah. So I said to my wife, I said, honey, you know, um, it, it is so weird how much I've let, not so weird, but like, I'm just shocked at the level of hopelessness that I have in, in certain respects towards food. Like mm-hmm. it's so easily just owns my brain space. And I think to a lesser extent, alcohol, I think alcohol is not about the alcohol. Obviously it is to some extent like the alcoholic effect, but I think it's just under the category of food. It's like, Hey, if you have one, you can have five. That's normal. People look down on you, Gomer, when you keep getting refills of your Coke zero, no one looks down on you when you keep getting a third or fourth or fifth beer, mm-hmm. you know, until you in get fact, drunk and then everyone looks Luke, back. Cheers. Like, 
<laughs> Luke cheers your destruction. He goes, hip it hooray, hip it hooray. Yeah. <laughs> so it um at the end of the day, I'm looking at my life and I'm seeing like my capacity for self-sabotage really like Roman seven knows no bounds. So I need help. So Shane, I said to her, I was like, I'm so happy you're doing this with me because like last night would have been the end of me. Like I would have gotten, I would have eaten the food. And then in literally one month, I would have gained all the 30 pounds that I've lost to date. I would have gained it all back. And I know me, I know I would have. You look good. Go on. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that, man. That is, that's a, that's a real thing. I think a lot of people, uh, Throw with it's just like the shame of that yeah you know i eat because i'm fat or i'm sad and i'm sad because i eat it's a vicious cycle yeah yeah and it's like it does like is that from um yes austin powers austin powers yeah (laughs) but that's like that's that's so true with like so many different things right like you know one of the things that i've been having a hard time with is i've been on my phone a lot particularly when i don't have everly Uh, yeah i'm just on instagram or something all the time and it's not even like I'm not doing anything bad. It's just I'm just like, yeah. Let me. <laughs> this reel's funny. I, I I probably send Emily and Christina like three reels a day. <laughs> you know, I'm like look at this thing about the oldest child. That's me. <laughs> look at this thing about the middle child, Emily. You know, and uh, and and funny as they are, there is this element of like, what did I just spend an hour doing? Yeah, you know, yeah. and, and it's yeah. that kind of like a what is this? I, I saw this like really. It's kind of horrifying to me. This story of um, Alec Guinness, who played Obi Wan Kenobi in the, in the original Star Wars. He meets some kid who was so excited, and he and he goes up to him and he goes, um, he, um, "Who's like for, for people who don't know Alec Guinness is a classic British actor, extremely famous out out there, stage and, actor, right? Uh, stage and and, and film? Uh, film, yeah, okay, and." uh this kid goes, sir, I have seen Star Wars 100 times. And he like is horrified. And he like bends down and goes, okay, promise me one thing. Never watch this film again. <laughs> and like <laughs> the kid goes away crying. And, it, and and like the kid's mom, like, why did you do that? He goes, I, he's like, his own life should not exist with such banalities. And I was like, oh, but, I but, built but, a, but, a whole but, personality but, off of that. You know? Yeah. After I just watched the whole thing about the Deadpool and Wolverine trailer, oh my gosh, looks so good! Looks so uh, good. Looks so good. Um, but that anyway, and that's why I I stopped yeah. watching um YouTube and started to read the bro- the brothers' karmas off again because I was like, man, it is yeah. just so easy to just feed yourself junk in a variety of different ways. Yeah, and I'm not even talking about like pornography or just like yeah, right. Dude, that's the I'm, thing. I'm is- just talking like normal everyday life stuff. Yeah. My buddy Brian, you know, because he wasn't doing liturgy stuff, he said. The hardest part about having the, the the biggest enemy to good liturgy is not the blatant abuses, just the little ones that, that don't really matter, that don't really care, but they are wrong. You shouldn't do them, but it's just a little thing. It's not the priest dress up like a clown using raisins in the, in the communion house. It's the subtle things. And I started to think about that in terms of life. Like the thing that keeps me from going to the next, like to growing spiritually, growing morally, growing physically mm-hmm. you know in the right way the thing that prevents that is the thousand little cuts mm-hmm. the thousand little compromises yep. and then what happens is i realize that and i get all this excitement and energy and passion 
and I swing that pendulum the other way, and then I burn out on doing a trillion things, right? And we and we do this. We oscillate up and down. And it's like, once you become aware of the oscillation, because we all know, like, oh, Gomer's getting religion about some YouTube thing, like all this stuff. And this is a part of the ADHD, like, you know, getting lost in things and stuff like that. But the difference that I'm trying to make, and I don't know, again, I don't know the future. I live in hope that the future will be better because the thing I'm trying to do now is to understand the emotional, mental, and physical mm-hmm. side of why do, when I fail, I fail, you know, horribly bad. Why? And when I try to solve the problem, why do I go to extremes? I'm going to do everything. I'm going to blah, blah, blah. And then, and when then, and then why does that fail? And then where is the place of stable, stable upward growth? Right. And so it's like, okay, well, these things trigger me. These things hurt me. These things send me down a dark path. These relationships cause me mm-hmm. to want, or these contexts are really. So if I'm always going to the bar, I'm gonna, I'm, I will eventually drink. I've been yep. to the bar three times on these trips that I do, and they're all young adult events or whatever, and I love them, and I'm not gaining any of that. But I know that if that was all, if I came home and then with my friends went out to the bar, eventually I would have a beer, and then I would be like, you know what, I'm done, and then I would just be. It wouldn't be a beer. It would be. We then go to know. the Whataburger and we're like, whoa, this is so yeah. great. Oh, I miss 2008. Taquitos, taquitos. Yeah, yeah there's it. It's, it's, it's interesting that like when you think about like areas of self-improvement, like what's like what's wrong with me? And we, we, we have about <laughs> yeah. 10 minutes. I'm left here. So I'll try, right. try to be quick with this. But I, let me just work something out. There's a couple like different areas, right? You have you um, have the stains of of original sin right and just yep. that fact okay so i'm going to be prone to doing bad things just because of the of just being born in into this right um then you have like um oh shoot where am i going with this then you have like your own like your um, own habits just kind of those, like tiny things things that, like you're like able to fix then you have like your brain chemistry some people are yep. really good at like you know the kind of executive like functioning like there's, there's there's like some people almost have like the opposite of ADHD where it's like bam 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 yeah. bam 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 all the time. Uh, all I do is organize my tasks from most yeah. important to yeah. least important and, I, and just crush them you know, over like, and over <laughs> and over and over and over again. Like why can't yeah. you? It's like like <laughs> you know yeah. because and, I'm creative. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. I had to sit and think about a thing for an hour, which is what I did about the fast car. Uh, and, and, and then uh, I have the lyrics up here, and I. Re- and when you were talking, I was like reading through it, and I have like I have so many things to say about is, this song. Yeah, right. It is, and then I, then I look back at you, and you said something, and I totally forgot he was even on. Is, <laughs> saved yeah, but, but you know, but then there's like the emotional, perf- like these profound wounds, right? Yeah, and it's it's funny because it's not the same for everyone. Like some people just need to read Atomic Habits, and they're fine. Right. You know that stuff. For you, certain things could could yeah. be the it could be the emotional part. It could be the ADHD part. Like it's. Like it's the thing that I've really had to admit with me and my ADHD as, as I've gone on that journey to try to understand that more. It's not knowing what to do; it is the execution of it, and I have to like yep. reorient my life, my entire life around that. And that's painful, and that's hard, and but it's really just a function of like my brain is actually lying to me right now. So even though I yeah. don't want to do anything, if I get up and do like I went and did Instacart. Like, I just wanted to like make money for my, I needed to like, I was, I needed money, but like also like I just needed to do something right. And yeah. in terms of like, I needed to be productive. I, 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 yeah. I, and I felt, 
And every ounce of my being didn't want to do it because there's all this emotional baggage and anger. Like, why do I have, why do I have to do this? I can't believe that I'm at the spot in, in yeah. my life. I am a living, I am a, I am a divorced, unemployed man who owns has a podcast doing Instacart. You know, like Instacart. I do. Look, that's a trifecta. <laughs> I know. I'm 35 years old. I am divorced, <laughs> and like, and uh, and but I was like, Luke, just do it. And once I, I'm not even kidding. The minute I started, I just felt like a, a such like a dopamine uh, rush of like I it's this is great, yeah. but getting over that, that that like hurdle was really hard. Oh. If other people don't have that, and yeah. that's okay. But my my point is like when you're on the road to self improvement, there are actually a variety of things that are at play, and they're different for every person. But I do think those like if 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 like you were to view those things as say like almost like a Venn diagram where there's some like overlapping things. We all have these things in our, our lives. It's just like like size of them are going, are going to expand and, and contract depending upon that specific thing. So I don't have an issue with like alcohol. I don't abuse alcohol for the most part. Um, <laughs> Only when it's soccer season. Exactly. No, but like, I mean, like I found that I tend, like yeah. one of the reasons why I probably drink a lot is because one, I get very excited, but two, if I'm dehydrated, like I just I'm thirsty, <laughs> so I'm drinking <laughs> a lot, you know. And but I don't have this weird like it's not a thing for me. But there are other areas in my life where like that is, you know. I'm having a really hard time trying to stop smoking. I'm really trying to, and I'm I'm just having a tough time with it. I'm like I've never had a heart like what is this? And I'm realizing there's all the emotional things of the past couple of years of the one vice that I uh, that I allowed in my in my own life. And it's like okay, so yeah. I gotta take stock. I have to analyze these these things, and I've got to work. I have to work through that. And I've actually had some incredibly profound experiences when I've done the work. And some of that is very practical. Yeah. Part of that is it's just like a waffle homework. It's not, it's not, it's not like God mocking you. It's just some of it is profound emotional things that I'm trying to wrestle with and work through. And it's different for everyone. Yeah, I wonder how many people got that reference. It's not God; it's a waffle. Homer. Why do you mock me, God? That's not God; it's a waffle. <laughs> mm, sacrilegious. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Okay, so let me give you a quote. This was actually my topic for today, and it's so kind of funny Whoops. that we that we ended with it. No, I like this. So the quote I was going to give you is, and I'm butchering the quote. Hopefully, I'm paraphrasing it as close as possible. But this: the pain of staying the same. As long as it's less than or equal to the pain of change will result in you never changing. But if somehow you can make the pain of staying the same worse than or greater than Mm -hmm. the pain of change, then you will start to change. Right? So it's like they both involve pain. Yeah. The pain of the thing I know is easier than the pain of the thing I don't know because because it's in the future, it could potentially be infinite pain. Like, I don't know what that's going to look like. But then you sit there and you say, but I do know what I have now. And I know why I'm, 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 I'm sad. I'm miserable. I'm lonely. I'm, I'm isolated. I'm whatever. Yeah. So it's like, so the, the person in, in particular was arrested six times, was an athlete in high school, had gained a bunch of weight in, and was like a, a strong, yeah, athlete. That's enough. And, Gained a bunch of weight in college because she moved into these apartments her junior, senior year, got arrested six times, put on uh, a whole bunch of weight. And she said the sixth time she got arrested, she didn't even know she got arrested. She blacked out and she woke up in her parents' house. 
she looked Ooh. around and just went oh f i'm Ooh. screwed yeah and to her and her group of friends th- th- their arrest stories were hilarious like the next time they're drinking they're all telling these stories they all live together they all crash there they're doing drugs they're sleeping with each other and then she goes out to the kitchen and she sees her dad and she's like waiting for him just to lay into her and he goes honey if you keep this up you're gonna kill yourself and that's all he said and she said that she got so sad because she knew he was right but she got so sad she wanted him to yell at him but he told her the most profound truth and she started crying and all the stuff and then she went into her room and she wrote down why am i like this and she had tons of reasons why yeah but she's like but how can i change and she's like i've tried you know here and there uh i've tried to change and she said, this is how I'm going to change when I make it more painful to stay the same. It has to be more painful. So then she just began rearranging her life and doing all this stuff. She got like three jobs just to stay busy enough that she wouldn't be tempted. She cut all of them off. She blocked yeah. her phone from all of the friends. that are, She's mm-hmm. like, I had like 10 yep. friends I was really close to and only one of them survived the cut. All the rest, the moment I started getting my life in order, you know what they said? They said, oh, you think you're better than us? You think you're this? You think you're that? And She's like, I had to force my life to be more painful. Yeah, and some of it was like in her mind, like, if I keep down this path, what will happen? Oh, my yeah. gosh, that's horrific. And that's what her dad, what he said to her, that's what charged her. She said, yeah, that, this is the truth. I will die if I keep this path. And so she changed. And now she's worth $100 million on his YouTube channel. But um, <laughs> And how. And how. She runs one of the biggest uh, acquisition companies in the country. But. Her story was so captivating. I mean, I've actually listened to it about four times now because that's what I realized, like, for myself, like, I want to be better. Like, okay, let's just take fitness. Uh, A lot of my friends are CrossFitters, and they all go to this one gym because it's like a really solid gym. They're not weirdos where people are getting injured every five seconds. My kids, well, sometimes when they do kids CrossFit, my friend teaches it. You know, the same people that teach it, teach it at our our middle or our homeschool co-op thing. So you got all these jacked homeschoolers walking around, which is terrifying. And I'm like, why don't I join a gym? Because I'll be embarrassed. Mm-hmm. And that's painful. And I won't. I know high school me and probably college me could have put up more weight than 40, you know, one year old me. And that embarrasses me even more. So I don't want to do it because I see all these people now with cameras in their gyms and I don't want to be caught on camera and have them make fun of me. So I don't want to do it. And I just list all these painful things and I'm like, okay, I'm not going to do it. And then I think. More painful than that is me not being able to play football with Noah. Mm-hmm. Me being so tired, I can't enjoy my daughter's, you know, cheerleading thing because it's a 45 minute drive and, you know, I have problems falling asleep anyway. So, like, I start listing out these things and I'm like, gosh, it's more painful to stay the same yeah. than it is to change. And I think, I think now I have to do that. So, the diet is part of it, but it's not all of it. It's really like my my emotional and you know cognitive stuff mm-hmm. around food. So yeah, there it is. There's no Man. cake. There's no ice cream. There's only steak. Happy birthday. <laughs> Sorry. Thank you for sharing that. I know that that is that's a, that's a hard part, and just know that you are not alone. There's a lot of people who experience that. There's a lot of you know like you know, no one our age can do what they did in college. Yeah, I know. Isn't that dumb that you still compare yourself though? Uh-huh. Like, like professional athletes cannot be at the level they were at in college. 
Yeah. Now, if you didn't like bench during college, you can probably bench more than you did if you know. But like people <laughs> yeah, who are doing yeah. it as like a, who are like you know yeah. like your body is like your like I started to work out a bit more and I am, am like I couldn't do a push up. I was like, what? <laughs> what? I used to be able to like ten years ago. I was like this. I was deadlifting power. I was doing power cleans of like a lot of. I was you know I was like a freaking rock star. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. My arm, and I'm like, that's because I sleep on it weird. Oh gosh, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, and it, and like, and part of it too is like, I was like, yeah, you're 41 now, man. Like, get you're it not, together. Yeah, you're just your body's just like, dude. I mean, you can still push your body pretty hard and do a lot of cool things, but it's just not the same. It's not, and you're not. It doesn't. Your inability to do that stuff doesn't make you different. It makes you actually just like everyone else. Yeah. But yeah, it's and weird that's, that we'd like like isn't yeah. it weird? I, I I do've got to go. Up to yeah, I was about like, to say. I just looked at the clock. Yeah, yeah, isn't it weird that we just like somehow like it's just so funny. This is where I, I don't know if this is like saying or where the original sin part comes in, but it's like we just immediately isolate our our yep. ourselves. We put ourselves into hell. Like yeah. we cast ourselves out of Eden, and we're like, well, everyone's gonna make fun of you because it's just you. It's like no, everyone, everyone is like this. Everyone yep. our age now. If yeah. they go up here to time without working out, it's going to bend down and do a push up. Be like, oh god, yeah. You, <laughs> you are know, not like, one. One of the biggest things about healing is realizing you are not the exception to the rule. Every human being has mm-hmm. that thing in their head. It's like, well, for me, this is going to work. I'm, I'm going to live on. I'm going to, you know, wishful yeah. thinking. But for me, everyone else has fails. But for me, it's going to work. And it's like, nope. What's going to work for you is it's just doing the thing and do the thing. Well, and, and also so- on March second, twenty seventeen, a photo just scrolled up on my iPhone, which was me on the tour bus without you. How far is that? Can you believe? Holy cow, that was seven years ago? March 2nd, 2017. All right, Luke, you got a hard stop. I love you, buddy. Thank you, SuperGillConferences.com for sponsoring this episode. Bye, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) 